electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, we're going meta. Facebook's taking on the metaverse, but they aren't the only ones in the virtual game. Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian. They've got no shortage of great engineers and, and developers, but I'm betting on the Davids here to build a metaverse better and sooner than the Goliath. Plus, a tweet storm gone viral, the value of parental leave. I have yet to meet a billionaire who's who sat me down and said, you know what? I wish I had spent less time with my children. <laughs> Not a single one of them has ever said that to me. That big interview, President Biden's new plan for a social safety net, and a couple cool bets, one on sweets, one on sports. If I bet against them, you'll win. It's Friday, October 29th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. Happy Friday. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. President Biden failed to break a Democratic blockade on that stalled infrastructure bill ahead of his trip to the G20 summit. Do you think you have enough of a framework to get progressives to support yes. the infrastructure should bill? Should the infrastructure Bernie, bill pass the House today? Mr. On board, Mr. President, should the infrastructure bill pass the House today? Do you have all 50 senators on board with the framework? Instead, he ended up unveiling his outline for a $1.85 trillion social safety net and environmental bill. New framework includes subsidies for child care and preschool and more than a half a trillion dollars to encourage the shift to electric vehicles and entice utilities away from natural gas and coal. It'll be paid for in part through a new tax on the income of multimillionaires and a 15 percent minimum tax on the largest corporations. But party liberals demanded assurances that this new package would survive before they would agree to an immediate vote on a separate $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Now, that infrastructure bill passed the Senate in August, but now it's been held up, held captive, really, in the House by the party's progressive wing, which demanded changes to social policy and climate change. Here's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen speaking to CNBC in the last hour. I believe that pretty soon, hopefully next week, Congress will pass both the reconciliation or Build Back Better bill and also the infrastructure package. Um, There seems to be strong support for it in both houses of Congress. As I say, it's transformational, and I believe these will become, become law. And guys, I don't know about you. To me, obviously, there's there's the new t- approach on taxes. We've talked about the varying approaches that have all taken place over the past week. But then the most interesting thing to me in the proposal was this tax credit to the automobile companies for EVs, but a better tax credit if you're a union shop as opposed to a non-unionized shop. So Tesla, obviously the winner in this game thus far, effectively gets hurt by this relative to the Detroit automakers. Um, Toyota, also not a union shop, so they, they would be impacted as well. 
but interesting to pick the companies based on whether they have union representation. I'll tell you what I was thinking about. I, I was not thinking about the tax side of things. I was once again thinking about the way you get to 1.85, and the journal has an interesting piece. Again, I know I, I'm like a broken record with the journal, but most of these these things that they're doing, they're, they're like funding it for a year or for two years, and you know it's never going away. And if you look at the real funding, we're, it's like $4 trillion. It's not 1.85. That's what Jed, Judd Gregg's point has been for a while, that once these programs start, they're, not it's, going it's, away. they're too popular it's, and nobody wants to be the politician. So it's like sleight away. of hand. It's like sleight of hand. And, and I don't know whether, you know, did you see the Youngkin poll now in Virginia? What happens on Tuesday if that guy really does win, um, which would be a, a huge shocker? You wonder about some of the suburban um, voters. You had all the soccer moms that, that were anti-Trump. I think they look around at the current state of things and say, look, I didn't sign on for this. I can't believe that Virginia might elect a Republican. They haven't had a statewide Republican elected in 30 years or something. And now the latest poll was like uh, eight points. So we'll see. And that's going to throw a wrench in the works. It's reminiscent of what happened with Obamacare when, when that was passed, because there were some people who were very much in favor of it. And look, I think this is probably indicative of just the idea that we don't really have a two-party system. We like to pretend we do. And we look at other countries like Israel and, and Britain, where you have to kind of cobble together some group of people who are going to come together. That's what we have, too. If you look at the Democratic Party. That's a two-party system. And, and if you look, and if you look at the Republicans, it's the same story. When the Republicans were in charge of things, it was just as contentious to try and get them to be able to control their caucus. I, I, I think you look at this, and so when, you, when you blow off in. Nancy Pelosi, when you blow off the president who have come and, and you still have the House members saying, OK, we can't even decide that we're going to go ahead and move this bipartisan infrastructure deal. It just shows you that it's it, it, there's not the same level of control within each of these parties. There are a couple different parties. Well, we'll see if you know, if that is a real rebuke uh, of of what's going on. We'll see that on on. Uh, we we'll have a good chance to see it on Tuesday. So we'll see. Let's get to this Facebook thing, because uh I, I'm, I'm kind of thankful that we have a guy named uh, Zuckerberg. I'm starting to like him a little bit more. At he's going to spend the money to do this. They're going to spend tens of billions of dollars. And remember when we said, what's after social media? What's going to be the next thing? Little did we know it's going to be virtual reality and avatars. The next platform and medium will be even more immersive. An embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just looking at it. And we call this the metaverse. I've already reserved your Sorkin, so I'm you. I told you that long ago, that, that my avatar, I've already paid for that to get, uh, I'm going to be ARS. That's my, my hero name. Facebook changing its corporate name to Meta, changing its logo to one similar to the symbol for infinity. The name is a, a nod to the metaverse, a term that refers to the blending of the real world in the virtual online world. Whoa, we're floating in space? Uh -huh. Who made this place? It's <laughs> awesome. Right? It's from a crater I met in LA. Uh, this place is amazing. <laughs> Company also is gonna change its uh, stock ticker from FB to MVRS, Metaverse, effective December 1st. So what does, have you thought this through? I, either of you in terms of what the world looks like if, if we are all playing around in the metaverse in, in five years? What will we be doing? Wearing things? Is this different than the avatar situation? Like, I remember hearing about avatars back in 2000. No, before that even, like 1997, talking about people's avatars. Well, you'd have a 3D Zoom meeting 
instead of a flat, you'd really be like, look, I don't know. What does it look like? Guys, is it really going to be this transfer? Is it going to be this transformation? This is like the boomer. This is turning out to be a boomer conversation. No, what, what this is. No, I, okay, I'm actually. Boomer. I, I, OK, boomer is exactly right. I'm very long list, actually. I think this You'll is the what? future. Of course. No, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'd be very, very long list. I think no, that, that eventually, I'm not, I'm it may not be five years I'm not from dis- now. You call Becky a boomer or me a boomer? No, he's I'm calling not me a boomer, it. too. He's we're calling I'm, both of us boomers. Both, I'm calling both of you boomers. I think it's cool, but uh, it, you think it has anything to do with the Facebook brand isn't quite as great as it used to be? No, and maybe I actually don't. I, I think that's uh, one of the great sort of mis- misnomers of this whole situation. I think there's, I mean, there's a defensive element to it, of course. But I think that he, I think genuinely over the past couple of years, has been moving to this place and has some really unique ideas about what could happen in that kind of metaverse, both the VR world and also an AR world. Uh, he did an interview yesterday where he talked about the idea that you'd wear the equivalent of those in an AR world. You'd wear the equivalent of, of um, glasses. We could be talking. You could be this is not distracted driving, but you could see texts. You could actually be responding to the text in a meeting by thinking of your answer. They own a company that has a a, it looks like a wristband. We actually had them, I believe, on the show at one point. Um, And the wristband basically can actually see what your brain is telling it. So you could actually effectively think the sentence and the sentence would respond and we'd effectively be texting back. So and that's that's where we are in five years. I think that there's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff in the next five to 10 years. Yep. But that we would be walking down the street that this is basically what we're all going to be doing in five years, just like everybody's walking around with earbuds right now. I think maybe within 10 years. Yes. Five, maybe not. Do you think it's worth changing the name of the company to Meta and betting that much on it? I mean, I just think back to something like. You know, Venator was the new name for Woolworth. Verizon became the new name. And yes, we've grown on Verizon. But Facebook has got to be one of the greatest brands on the planet. Everybody knows what Facebook is to switch the entire name and run to Meta. You know, the problem right now is to me, it's a recruiting problem. So he basically runs a company that has uh, it does have a branding problem, which is that if you are, uh, you know, a really smart engineer coming out of school, Facebook as a brand of all the brands he has is actually the one that people think of as the boomer brand, to be honest. They think this is like an old, dying brand. Instagram is a different users. thing. WhatsApp is a different thing. But Facebook unto itself. But I'm saying if you're, if you're a kid coming out of Stanford right now, that's not where the action is. And so if you could be part of that, what we're showing now, the metaverse, but and the, you could be part of meta. The boomer brand. Like that, that, the idea that Facebook is the boomer brand and that's what's hurting the recruiting right now, I think they have bigger problems than that. I don't want anyone knowing what sentence I'm thinking half the time. That's really just scary. When you said that, True. Andrea, if, if they knew right now, for example, uh, you know, that, Keep that would your be filters, really. filters, Joe, please. Yeah, that, my filter, I need those. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a brave new world. Coming up on Squawk Pod, Facebook no more. Next Generation Social Media with Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian. My bet here, my hope for that future metaverse is it's not governed by one company, but rather, you know, sort of of the people and by the people. Plus, taking the lead on parental leave. And if you stick around, a sweet treat just in time for Halloween. I tried a little bit of the soft serve, got really interested. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... 
Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We're back. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. And now Squawk Pod is headed into the metaverse. Well, we're talking about heading into the metaverse, and we're only following Facebook's lead. As of yesterday, the social network is something else. It is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do, to reflect who we are and what we hope to build. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. It's a metamorphosis. See what we did there? Wall Street, Main Street, Twitter, Squawk Box, Slack Channel, pretty much everyone is still buzzing about the announcement. So we thought we'd ask one of the founders of another social media platform. Here's Becky Quick. Joining us right now for more on Facebook's new identity and the metaverse itself is Alexis Ohanian. He's the founder of VC firm 776. He's also, of course, the co-founder of Reddit and somebody who knows social media very, very well. Alexis, always good to see you. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here, Becky. Oh, your voice is deep this morning. What happened? You feel uh, okay? Some extra, I think it's some extra, uh, some extra boost from the new amp. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Alexis, let's, let's jump right in on the metaverse yeah. and talk about this. Uh, the name change for Facebook, good idea, focusing on the metaverse, good idea, um, or, or what? What do you, you think is happening? A, I think it is a uh, masterstroke in uh, diversion and distraction, right? Perfect time for a rebrand. Um, I, look, I think they should not be underestimated. Uh, and, and right now, there is this amazing bottom-up movement to create the metaverse. You're seeing a lot of this happening in, in the crypto community. You're seeing a lot of people building what I think is what most of us hope will become a much more organic uh, type of world uh, rather than a, a sort of top-down Facebook imposed one, but we'll see. Uh, they, they've got uh, <laughs> they've got no shortage of great uh, engineers and, and developers, but I'm betting on uh, the Davids here to build a metaverse better and and sooner uh, than the Goliath. Kind of like what we've seen in the past when when Facebook started losing out to, to younger um, to younger visitors, younger viewers, whatever you want to call them. I mean, you saw Zuckerberg pivot, turn and, and, and buy Instagram. Is that mm. something that they would do potentially in the future? Or do you think there's too much pressure coming from Washington to be able to do that again? Yeah, I think the governing bodies are going to be paying way too close attention now to their acquisition moves. And and frankly, I think it's a, just a very different environment. If you look at how the WhatsApp founders and the Instagram founders have really distanced themselves from uh, Facebook's actions over the years. I think it sends a cautionary message to other founders of successful companies that are tracking well to make it even easier for them to turn down, say, billion-dollar acquisition offers. And so I, I think 
I don't, I don't think they'll compete that way. Uh, and, and like I said, I think the, my, my bet here, my hope for that future metaverse is it's not uh, governed by one company, but rather, um, you know, sort of of the people and by the people. What do you think of the metaverse in, in general? I mean, this idea of avatars has been around for a long time. You've seen, yeah. I, I, mean, I remember talking about this remember in the Second 1990s. Life? Yeah, Second oh, Life. Sure. And then you've seen movies that have kind of played on this, mm-hmm. um, that have gone through time. Where, where do you think this is headed? How, how is this changing? Is now the moment? So, so look, this is metaverse itself is a pretty meaningless word. At the end of the day, we're talking about uh, sort of all of us being able to go online and occupy digital spaces much the same way we do physical today. And so you're right. This has existed. You know, you can look at video games like World of Warcraft or Fortnite as, as sort of early steps towards this idea. You know, today, when we use the Internet, we sit uh, typically on a phone or on our computer and, and engage it through a screen. Uh, and it's, you know, text-based, it's, it's image-based. Um, the idea here is, yeah, you, you occupy the form of an avatar and, and you experience it. Maybe it's with VR goggles, maybe it's AR. Yeah, there's going to be so many different ways, I think, to engage it. And, and ultimately, you know, now that broadband is ubiquitous, uh, you have a, a very different phenomenon. Now that, that people have been convinced, I spent 15 years trying to convince people uh, leading Reddit that people would care about online connection just as much or more than offline connection. Uh, but now I, I think everyone sort of takes for granted. We fall in love online. We, we make some of our best friends online. We, we, <laughs> we uh, uh, ape into stocks together uh, online through anonymous communities. And I think that, that dynamic combined with broadband ubiquity and now the rise of, of Web3 and crypto really working uh, gives people a sense of ownership in this new world so that the assets you buy in the metaverse are just as real as the assets you buy and own uh, in the offline world. And that's it's a subtle distinction, but it makes a huge difference. Hey, Alexis, how do you think mm-hmm. I know, I know you're, you're betting on the Davids versus the Goliaths, but how do you think about mm-hmm. the, the hardware and what might be described as the maybe even software stack or infrastructure piece to creating the metaverse? And to the extent you believe that Facebook will have an advantage both through its acquisition of Oculus and the build out of Mm -hmm. that product. Um, They bought Control Labs, which is this wrist-based neural link effectively that it's almost like a mind reading system that that based off your wrist can actually put text on a screen. Mm -hmm. Those types of things typically require serious capital either to acquire or to create. That's different than some of the software stack things that I think, you know, when you talk about NFTs or trying to build you know, what a different room looks like or, or things like that. Yeah, look, no doubt. I mean, I, I've, the Oculus is some impressive hardware. I do think consumers today in 2021 are a little bit more hesitant about allowing Facebook into their brains and, 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 and as intimately into their lives as, uh, as we were, you know, say 10 or 15 years ago. And so that, that matters. And, and I think in a lot of ways you can think of, okay, the, Web3, the metaverse, whatever, this this sort of new way of using the internet um, is not too dissimilar from thinking about the distinction between going online or going on America online. You know, they, they created a great walled garden environment, AOL did way back in the day, that you could experience sort of their version of the internet with. And I would say that's probably the best equivalent for Facebook's ambitions. And so while yes, today in the short term, they do have an advantage, certainly on the hardware front, um, the the software one is is for sure, a level playing field. In fact, I'd give some of the advantages to David here because of the rate of execution and the fact that, you know, 
billions of people connected over the world. It can be always much more creative than, than a few in one office. Um, and I think, you know, with the amount of money that's flowing into venture right now, startups that can get competitive on the VR front, uh, they can get the funding. Um, but the, the, the bigger things here are going to be more foundational software. That's the stuff that's going to get built in the next five years. That's actually going to make it worth it for you to spend time. Because right now the, the competition is, you know, watching Netflix, playing Fortnite, uh, scrolling through your phone. Like this is, we're, we're still, we're not going to all wake up in the metaverse tomorrow. This is going to be a pretty gradual thing. And then I think it's going to come, come all at once. Lexus, let's um, talk a little bit about a skirmish that was kind of dredged, dredged up on, on Twitter this week. You got into a little bit of a back and forth and debate. And it started when there was a tweet about um, Joe Rogan making some comments on Pete Buttigieg taking time off for paternity leave. Joe Lonsdale, who's also a guest on the show, kind of responded back to some of these things. And I want to show a couple of the tweets that, that he put out. First of all, he said, Who's that? Joe Lonsdale. He said, yeah, wow, great for fathers to spend time with their kids and support moms. But any man in an important position who takes six months of leave for a newborn is a loser. In the old days, men had babies and worked harder to provide their future. That's the correct masculine response. He doubled down on that a little bit later and said, if a man's work is part of an important mission that's having a positive impact or lifting up the lives of thousands of people, six full months off for a newborn is inane. If you have a crappy job, he used a different word, you don't care about or aren't key to inspiring goals, then sure, just abandon it. Imagine thinking as a father that you have to take full six full months off from your work to prove you love your newborn. This got you a little fired up and you responded in Twitter to this because this has been something that you have really um, kind of led the way with making sure that you took off for your time for your kids. And as a leader, you want to inspire other people to do it. What did you think about this? Where do things stand? Just this national debate that's taking place right now. Sure. Well, look, you know, I, I don't know, Joe. Um, I, I think... One of the reasons why it was so important to take, I mean, I don't know where he got the six months from, but uh, at least at Reddit, we had four months of paid family leave. And, and the reason why I took all four months of it was because I wanted to give confidence to men like uh, Joe, uh, because taking this time off is time that you're never going to get back. It's, it's something that, you know, I've been, gosh, I've gone to DC with dads who had to choose literally between staying with their, their wife in the ICU or their newborn in the NICU and going to work because they didn't want to, they, they were worried about losing their job because they didn't have any kind of paid leave. And for a country that believes in family values as much as we do, that is, um, it's unconscionable. I would never want to put any of my employees through that choice. And it's, it's deeply unfair that, that most Americans actually have to make that decision. And then beyond that, look, I think uh, <laughs> what's very clear is there is a new wave of CEOs, uh, the kind of folks who, who actually have built multi-billion dollar companies or, or are really building a different kind of career for themselves because it's not one that's at odds with being great husbands or, or great dads. It's one where, you know, we want to be the best at what we do at work, but the same way we want to be the best at what we do at home. And I have yet to meet a, a, a billionaire who's, who sat me down and said, you know what? I wish I had spent less time with my children. <laughs> Not a single one of them has ever said that to me. So I've met all of these career men, wildly successful, who have all said to me, in, in their sort of waning years. I wish I had that time back. I wish I had more time. You have no idea how important that is. You have no important what it is that you're, you're advocating for. And so whether it is working dads who, who don't have the privilege of paid family leave or, or whether it's some of the most successful among us, 
Um, every one of us shares the fact that we'll end up on a deathbed one day. And, and when we're looking back on a life well-lived, the, the things that we're going to be smiling about, the things that we're going to be most proud of are, are inevitably going to be the time we spent with the people we care about most. And so, yeah, I, this is something I obviously was, was pretty disappointed that this was gutted from the latest bill. Uh, I don't think we're done with it yet. I, I think you're going to hear from a, a lot of Americans like myself who believe that every American should have that right, that, that think it's despicable that one in four American women are back to work two weeks after giving birth. Um, so we're going to get something. We're absolutely going to get something. And uh, look, like I said, I will continue to advocate for this. I'll continue to lead by example. I hope it gives confidence to men like uh, jo- Joe and, um, you know, not, I, not I Joe wish Kernan. him all the best. No, no, <laughs> no not Joe Kernan. Yeah. So, I, look, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm in your camp very much so. And I was uh, in terms of trying to give people the opportunity to spend as much time with their kids as possible. The question mm-hmm. I think that, that, that Joe Lonsdale was raising was whether six months uh, is the appropriate amount of time. It really has moved, by the way. I think there was a conversation about, well, as you said, getting more than two weeks. But it's moved to three months, in some cases turned to six months. And I think what he was suggesting, in fairness, was that if you're a leader, either of a company uh, or an organization or you're a government leader, I think that's what the, the Pete Buttigieg thing was about, which was mm-hmm. there are other things and responsibilities. And is there ways to do it so that you are able both to spend time with your, with your kids and to actually still play a role in some of the in some of these things. I think there was a I, I know Twitter is not great for nuance, but I think as you as you read the if you read the full scroll, that's what was going on there. Look, and that's and that is so I appreciate the nuance. You know, here in the United States, we're working from zero. So so we're the last developed country to I mean, we, we have absolutely no paid family leave in place. Um, and so even if we got to three months I would consider that a, a big win. Um, one of the things that, you know, I, I wasn't even aware of until Caitlin Holloway, now my founding partner here at 776, and before that, our head of people and culture at Reddit, when she brought the program to the company, one of the things I didn't even realize until I was getting ready to take the leave was that I didn't have to take this time all at once. And, and so one of the things that I stress, especially to the, the men in my office, is that, look, take the time, especially some of them have had a couple of kids and they're like, look, Alexis, I, I'm, I'm good. We've got a plan. We've got a system. I don't need all the time. I say to them, look, take, take the first month, just get, the, get the, the home front secure, get everything settled, feel good, come back in and then work out a plan so you use the rest of your time, whatever way makes sense for your family. So if it means taking off just every Friday until you use up all that time, great. That actually is better for me as a manager, as a leader, because I know no one's going to miss you that day you're out of the office. And, and let's be honest, we're, we're living in an age where we have devices that keep us connected in, in times of, of emergency. And, and I would also say that for leaders building organizations, if you can't take even a month away from your company, you've got some serious problems in that you, you, you have not built an org that's resilient enough to deal with an absence, even for a short period of time, that actually probably says more about your management skills than anything else. 
Alexis, one of the reasons we always have you on is we, we like to hear about the things that you're investing in, the things that you're thinking are like big moves for the future. And right now, we'd like to talk about an opportunity that you've seen in the private markets. By the way, this is something that you say you led with your stomach for this one, but investing in the plant-based food sector. I want to bring in Elon Steinhardt. He's the CEO of Eclipse. That's a plant-based ice cream company that you've been invested in for a while. And Alexis, again, Plant-based is one thing. I've heard about oat, but you're talking about ice cream that's made not only from oat, but also from potatoes. How'd you find it? Um, what happened? Well, you know, I'm in a household that uh, we, we try to go easy on the lactose and, and finding an ice cream product that not only was milk-free, but also allergen-free was a really big deal. And uh, I met Elon uh, at Y Combinator's Demo Day. And, uh, you know, it was, I tried a little bit of the soft serve, got really interested, spent some time with him and his co-founder Thomas and saw how expert they were at food science and, and really impressed by the proposition. I mean, it's only a handful of ingredients that any one of us can find, uh, on a grocery shelf. And, uh, I just had to invest. So, Elon, let's let's talk about where things stand right now. This is a company that has really taken off. You started out in California, but now you're available in far more markets, I think, just about everywhere in the country, some of the major markets. Um, but it's something that it, it's kind of hard to keep up with supply, just like we've seen with so many other companies. I know a lot of flavors have been sold out. What do you do at this point? So it's great to be back on here. And since I was last here, we've had a lot of growth, as you're saying, seen 1,400% growth in our retail arena. So going from being just in California to nationwide. And we've definitely faced supply chain issues, labor issues, every sort of issue that is uh, happening in the market, we've seen. Um, and in part, that's why I'm really proud of the team for being able to create that growth, going from where we were, which was a pretty small brand, to now working with kind of the best in the best in, in the natural channel. So uh, with Central Market in Texas and New Seasons in, in Portland and uh, Foxtrot in Chicago, so working with the best in the national channel, and then also working with kind of the biggest names in the instant delivery space. So we are just launching now with 10 uh, cities with Philpuff, and then uh, a lot of really exciting national accounts, like household names that uh, that we'll be announcing in the, in the coming months. Um, and that's really all been in it with this backdrop of, well, a lot of challenges and needing to execute in a way that actually allows us to, to still achieve that growth. Yeah, growing pains I think a lot of companies are dealing with right now, no matter what size they are. Elon um, and Alexis, I want to thank you both. I'm sorry we don't have more time this morning, but Elon, we'd love to have you back again soon. And Alexis, thank you for joining us. It's great to see you both. I think I want my three months, like, can I do it at, like, when they're two? Yes, you, you can know do what it, I mean? up to two years old. No, I want to do it, like, at two. Like three to six. And, and, and like the first six, I think I'm going to let somebody else. Uh, oh. You know what <laughs> I mean? They, yes. What do they do? They sleep. They eat. They require they, lots and lots of attention. They do that other stuff. Yeah. I, I want, that, they're so cute at two. We'll be right back. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. 
of Trackstand Joe Bye. Welcome back to Squawk Pod with Joe, Becky, and Andrew. This is Mike Q. Becky, on Tuesday, are you going to vote for me to be able to bet on Rutgers uh, in state? Are you going to? Nope. Like I told you, we don't want you as a fan. We don't want you rooting for I'll bet us. Against, I can't even Every bet against. Every team you like. Like if I bet against them, you'll win. We promise so you'll bet against them every time you bet? I, I, I would have up to this point, probably. How about tonight? Back to Atlanta. They can't, they can't cancel it. It's in Atlanta. There's nothing they can do. Three games. And that's Squawk Pod for this Friday. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen and share this podcast with a friend. Spread the word about Squawk Pod. And we'll meet you back here on Monday. In the meantime, have a good weekend and happy Halloween. One of my favorite holidays. It's just really fun. Enjoy. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.